Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. So today we're going to talk about St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. I want to share about her life. You may already know about her. She's a famous saint. I want to share why she's a huge role model to me. And then I want to share three life lessons that I have learned from her. So to start, I'll give you a quick overview of her life so that everything comes together. As you probably know, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton was the first American to be canonized a saint. She is considered the founder of the first Catholic schools in the United States and is the patron saint of Catholic schools, widows, and seafarers. Elizabeth was raised Episcopalian, but she later converted to Catholicism. She was a young child living in New York City during the Revolutionary War, so the times were difficult. Her mother died when she was only three years old, and her father quickly remarried, but her stepmother was unable to provide a loving home. She didn't give love to Elizabeth and her sister. At 19, Elizabeth married the love of her life, William Seton, and together they had five children. Loss was a huge part of Elizabeth's life, and unfortunately, William, too, died at an early age from tuberculosis. Before he died, as his condition was growing worse, Elizabeth, William, and one of their daughters went to Italy in hopes that in the warmer climate, he would recover and become healthy. Unfortunately, the climate didn't help William, and shortly after they arrived in Italy, he died. During her stay in Italy, in her grief, she was given a gift that changed her life. That gift is the Catholic faith. Elizabeth returned to the United States as a widow, but she also returned with this deep desire and calling to the Catholic faith. And what she longed for the most was the Holy Eucharist. After much discerning, Elizabeth converted to Catholicism. Now, this wasn't an easy decision for her, but the, and the price was high. Many of her family and friends turned away from her. And at her husband's death, she found that she was penniless. Elizabeth had lots of um, pastors and priests who were her friends, and she was encouraged by them to move her family to Baltimore, Maryland, which she did. She trusted where God was calling her. She left 
um, New York and what was familiar and followed God into a place of uncertainty and uh, not knowing what was going to come next, but she trusted. In Baltimore, she opened a school for girls. Catholic women from around the country began to join her work, and over time, they became known as the Sisters of Charity of St. Joseph's, and they moved to Emmitsburg, Maryland. This was the first sisterhood in the United States. Elizabeth was named First Superior and given the title of Mother. Many of us may fondly know her as Mother Seton. I feel like I have this personal connection with St. Elizabeth. My great-great-great-aunt Mary, or Sister Olivia, lived in Emmitsburg and was a member of the Sisters of Charity. She taught at the local Catholic high school. When Aunt Mary would come to Nashville for a visit, she always brought some sort of trinket from Emmitsburg along with tales about the life of St. Elizabeth and her path to sainthood. When she would come to visit, it was in the early 70s. Yes, that is how old I am. Um, St. Elizabeth was canonized in 1975, so Aunt Mary was there in Emmitsburg during this exciting time when St. Elizabeth was being recognized for all of her accomplishments. As a young child, I loved to listen to her stories. Now, of course, the trinkets and stories were also a way for Aunt Mary to try and entice me to join the religious order as I got older. Although God called me to be a mother instead of a religious sister, the life of St. Elizabeth has touched me in many ways over the years. As a mother, um, I took her name as my confirmation name, as a Catholic school teacher. Over the years, there have been lots of connections with St. Elizabeth, and I've called on her quite often. One of my most treasured gifts from Aunt Mary is a bone relic from St. Elizabeth. I keep it in my office as a reminder that St. Elizabeth can be called on to intercede in prayers, and I call on her all the time. I know that when I feel overwhelmed, worried, uncertain, not sure of my next move, or just simply tired from a busy day, that St. Elizabeth understands she's been there. She lived that same life. Like most moms, she wore many hats and tirelessly served. Now, even though it isn't an official title from the church, I think it should be, I consider her the patron saint of multitasking for mothers. I believe that she knows exactly how to intercede when I call on her for prayers. Like most mothers, Elizabeth poured herself out to those around her through her words, her actions, and her prayers. Day after day, she took pride in cultivating deep relationships where she was a source of encouragement and teaching of the Catholic faith. Elizabeth's life was filled with responsibilities, demands, and new adventures. And even though she always seemed to be going from task to task, she also craved time for quiet reflection and solitude so she could spend time with Christ. Outside of all of her responsibilities, St. Elizabeth knew that what kept her moving forward, the way that her path was um, illuminated, was in her relationship with Christ 
And that relationship came through quiet reflection, prayer, and attending Mass. There's so much more that I could share, but hopefully you have an idea of why this saint is so important to me and for all mothers. So now I want to share with you three powerful life lessons that I have learned over the years from the life and example of St. Elizabeth. The first lesson is to meet everyone with charity, including those who are difficult to love or, for that matter, challenging to even be around. Hey, it's okay if someone comes to mind when you hear this. We all have those people in our lives, so please don't feel guilty about it. When Elizabeth returned to the United States after her husband's death and made the decision to become Catholic, she encountered much opposition and ridicule. Even though her actions were filled with love and compassion towards others, she didn't always receive the same. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe there's an example in your life where you feel like you're, you're giving out love, but that's not what you're receiving back. Instead of being bitter or defensive, St. Elizabeth continued to be an example for Christ in all of her encounters. As she founded the religious community, she used the French Daughters of Charity as a model. So the main objective that both shared was to serve in charity. The sisters were to cherish and respect one another, remain faithful to their prayers and the teachings of the Catholic Church, but most importantly, to make serving others their goal. That making time for others to go out in the community to be there for the people who needed it most, that was their calling in life. At times, as they served, they experienced positive encounters filled with joy, but many times they interacted with people in difficult situations. Situations of suffering, illness, sin. They encountered people who were angry, who doubted God, who were broken. It wasn't always easy for the sisters. And you know what, my friends? The same is true for you and I. It's not always easy to take Christ out in the world. It's not always received, right? Sometimes we feel like people aren't listening. They don't have the same enthusiasm that we do. Each day, you interact with your spouse, your children, or other family members. You encounter many personalities at work or in the community. You experience different opinions and perspectives in your friend group or at church. You walk away from some people feeling uplifted and lighter than before you arrived, but it is the relationships that don't go as expected that are the most difficult to navigate. These people are the ones who probably need your charity the most. It is really easy to get defensive or, let's be honest, try to avoid difficult people at all costs. Now, I'm not telling you that you need to put yourself in situations that aren't healthy or even harmful, but following in St. Elizabeth's footsteps, you are called to share in the presence of Christ with everyone you encounter. In life coaching, one of the most common topics that comes up in coaching is helping women navigate dealing with difficult people. 
And here's the thing. It's not usually a stranger or someone that they rarely encounter. Most of the time, it is someone who's under their same roof or someone that they're close to that they interact with on a daily basis. It's those relationships where women need help. So here's a little life coaching for you. This is how your mind works. When you label someone as difficult, it is almost impossible to see them any other way. When you believe they are difficult, your mind will begin searching for all the evidence to prove that this is true. And you know what? You will probably find lots of evidence to prove your point. So in the spirit of St. Elizabeth, approach each encounter with love, with charity. When you don't feel love towards that person, here's what I want you to do. Imagine the love of Jesus filling your heart. Imagine what it would feel like to be surrounded by the love of Jesus. And when you feel that, that's what you act from. You act from that love. Ask the Holy Spirit, your helper, to guide your words, your thoughts, and your actions. St. Elizabeth said, wherever we go, there is a store of grace waiting. That's so comforting, right? This grace is available, so you might as well take advantage of it, especially when you encounter someone who isn't the easiest to love. All right, so the second powerful lesson that I learned is to be still in the presence of God. As I shared, St. Elizabeth lived a dynamic life as a busy mom in the middle. You probably know how this feels, right? She accomplished so much in her brief 46 years here on earth. Through her journals and letters, it is clear that St. Elizabeth desired quiet moments with God. Her writings are filled with how she desired to connect with Christ at all times during the day. It is noted that she stayed up until all hours of the night writing letters and spending time in prayer. As moms, we can probably relate to that feeling. You know, that feeling when the day is done, the dishes have been washed, the sun is set, the kids are finally asleep, and after a chaotic and busy day, the house is finally quiet. I remember those days. It is like you can finally take a deep breath. When my sons were young, I loved the quiet time. I have to have my quiet time. In fact, sometimes I will say to my husband, I'm not mad. Nothing's wrong. I just need to go sit by myself. I just have to decompress and just connect with myself again. I loved that quiet time in the evening, but most often I fell into bed from exhaustion. My favorite time is in the early morning before the sun comes up and the world seems still for just a moment. I love to ground my day in prayer and quiet reflection before the world seems to take off again. St. Elizabeth said, Let your chief study be to acquaint yourself with God because there is nothing greater than God and because it is the only knowledge which can fill the heart with a peace and joy which nothing can disturb. The world is noisy. It's busy. It's full of distractions. How easy is it to spend mindless minutes, hours scrolling on social media? 
So taking a step away to be still in the presence of God requires you to be intentional. It doesn't just happen. In the silence, you become aware of your thoughts and your feelings. So many times as women, we live our lives from the outside in. We're unaware of what we are feeling, what we're thinking, what we're believing, what our needs are, right? So it's in this quiet time that you can reconnect. You are able to see the hand of God in your life. As you redirect your heart and soul, it opens you up to recognizing the God moments in your life. You know those moments that you sense without a doubt that God is present Now, God moments happen throughout your day. They may appear in the face of a stranger, the uplifting words of a co-worker, the sense of gratitude from a child, or even a nod from God in nature, like a red bird perched on the windowsill or a beautiful spring flower. Making time for silence gives your heart the ability to see God in the world and with those around you. In his book, The Power of Silence, Robert Sarah says, Christ lived for 30 years in silence. Then, during his public life, he withdrew to the desert to listen to and speak with his father. The world vitally needs those who go off in the desert because God speaks in the silence. It is in the silence that you are equipped and encouraged for your daily life. All right, the third lesson is to follow where God leads with open hands and a heart full of grace. The life of St. Elizabeth took many unexpected turns and twists. From the death of her mother at an early age, then the yearning for the love of her stepmother. She had a father who was a dedicated doctor but often left the family um, and spent more time with his patients than he did at home. When she became a widow with five small children, being shunned by family and friends when she became Catholic, stepping into the role as Mother Superior, um, becoming the founder of a religious order and the headmistress of a school, and not to mention losing some of those closest to her, including several children. Her life was anything but predictable. More times than not, the path in front of her was unclear or cloudy. But St. Elizabeth simply took the next step with her face turned towards God. She is quoted as saying, There is a cloud before my way that keeps me from always asking Him which is the right path. As mom's in the middle... We've each had our share of cloudy paths, where life was filled with much uncertainty and unknowns. All of those times when issues or struggles or trials came up with our children, and it didn't seem like we were going to be able to get over them. We didn't know how to help our children. And they still come up now as a mom with grown children. There are still times when the path is cloudy when I want to fix things for them, when I want to know the outcome, but that's not how life works. In times of discernment, 
I've often asked God, just reveal whatever it is I'm praying about. Have you ever been there when you've been praying and praying and praying and you feel like you're not getting any answers? Sometimes I get so impatient and I want to know immediately what to do or how to handle a situation. And I've often been known to say to my husband, you know, if God could just make it so much easier, if he would just leave me a sticky note on the bathroom mirror in the morning with specific instructions, life would be so much easier. Have you ever had that thought? But you know what, my friends, this isn't how God works. It is in the silence that you are able to hear his voice. It is in the silence that the clouds lift and you are able to take the next step. Like Elizabeth, life is very rarely a straight line. The path from A to B often looks like a child scribbling on a piece of paper. If you think about the path that your life has taken, is it a straight line or is it more like that scribbling? However it looks, though, remember that it is your path. It is your unique journey, and you are called to embrace it. Elizabeth experienced much joy and peace along her life's path, but it was also filled filled with devastating losses and challenging situations. Even though we can look back and we can see all of the amazing accomplishments, um, her accomplishments as a wife and a mother, as a religious leader, she accomplished so much. And so much of what she did left a legacy that we are still reaping today. But each of those circumstances, when she was at the beginning of them, they were challenging. They were unknown. In each of those circumstances, Elizabeth relied on God as her guide. He was her friend and her source of strength. Now, that's so comforting because when we get to those situations, when God is calling us out of our comfort zone, as a mom in the middle, if you're an empty nester or you've reached a point in your life where you're looking to the future and the future doesn't look like the past, the house is more quiet, maybe the kids are gone, and you feel God pulling you in a certain direction. Maybe you know the direction, but you're resistant because you don't think you have the abilities or you don't have the confidence to walk in that direction. But Elizabeth didn't know what was going to happen. She didn't know the outcome. She just trusted, and she trusted that with each path, God would reveal the next step. Even when it was cloudy, she knew that going to God in prayer, spending time with Him in the quiet, that's how her path would be revealed. So there's so much more that you can learn from the life and example of St. Elizabeth. She chose to rely on God and courageously follow the path that He laid out before her. And because of that, she accomplished far more than she ever imagined. Today, through her example and her legacy, she is still impacting the world and leading others to Christ through charity. So here's what I want you to remember, the life lessons. Number one, meet everyone with charity without labeling them as difficult. Number two, be still in the presence of God so you can direct your entire day towards Him. Number three, 
follow where God leads with open hands and a heart full of grace. All right, friends, I hope that my love of St. Elizabeth will maybe rub off on you a little bit, that you will take something away from this show that you can apply to your life, um, that it will give you the encouragement, it will give you the courage to encounter people with charity and to be present with God so that you can see all of the wonderful things that He has in store for your life. All right, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the God moments that you have placed um, in our path. We thank you for all of the ones that we have recognized, those moments when we have felt this overwhelming sense of your presence. But God, we also thank you for those moments we missed when we were busy or distracted. And Lord, we understand that we go through times where we don't always feel your presence. And Lord, we ask that you give us strength during those times to keep moving forward, to keep searching for you, knowing that you are there. Lord, we ask that you bless all of those mothers who are feeling overwhelmed um, with responsibilities and demands on their lives. And we also ask that you be with those mothers who are facing a new season in life, who are going through a transition in their family and are being called to serve in a different way. Lord, we just ask that you give them strength, that you give them guidance, and that you reveal all of our paths in the direction that you need us to go. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle, or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to CatholicMomsInTheMiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyshawnwilliams.com. That is musicbyshawn, S-H-A-W-N, williams.com. 